You're listening to Protect His House on the Armor Up podcast. Our goal is to connect the good news of the gospel with our everyday lives. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Protect His House. I'm Will Washington. Thanks for listening. We are in the very middle of a six-week series on Psalm 23 as we go verse by verse. We're going to look at verse 3 today. But before we do, I'm going to tell you a quick story. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to a ranch, and I was with a friend on a four-wheeler kind of exploring, and I went out on these paths that were kind of in the woods just looking around. And normally when you get to a fork in the road in a place that you're exploring that you're not really familiar with, you want to remember for sure which path you took, which way that you went. So you want to try to remember when you go back the other way, you know, there was a big tree there, there was a stick there or something to help you remember how to get back the way that you came. So we're coming the way back and we're at the fork again and we're supposed to pick which way to go. And we were both very confident that we're supposed to go a certain way. We thought it looked familiar, so we went. Well, about 30 minutes as we drive, we realized, wait a minute, this completely looks unfamiliar And we realized that we had chosen the wrong fork in the road. We had taken the wrong path and we had mistaken it. We thought that it was the one that we were supposed to take and we just got deceived and were wrong about it. And even though it looked right and even though we thought it looked familiar, we were surprised at how easily deceived we were. We had to go all the way back to the right fork and we realized we were wrong the entire time even though we thought we were right. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because this is true in life also, is that sometimes we can think that something looks right and it makes a lot of sense to us and it looks good, but just because it looks good to us and makes sense to us and maybe even is what everyone else is doing, it doesn't mean that it's the best path and it doesn't mean that it's the best way to live. And Christians all throughout history have often looked at the Christian life of following God while we're on earth as a path or as a journey. And we are all being led somewhere by someone or something. And as we are in the very middle of Psalm 23, David's going to speak into that today. One of the things he's been saying so far in this psalm is that because the Lord is his shepherd, he is his God, he doesn't lack anything. He has everything he needs, and God guides him to places of rest. And in verse 23, the middle of the psalm that ties together a lot of things as a central idea, this is what David says in verse three. He says, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So as the good shepherd, David says, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, kind of like I was saying earlier, history shows us that Christians and just as people, a lot of times we end up choosing our own way. And it is extremely easy for us to fall off the path of righteousness. So the first thing about the path of righteousness and the good news of this psalm and the whole Bible is that even though all of us fall off the path of righteousness and we end up choosing our own way and doing things that look right and make sense to us but aren't good, the good news is that God puts us back into the path of righteousness, not because we're awesome, not because we earned it, but because Jesus was righteous for us. That's why in John 10, Jesus says multiple times, I laid down my life for the sheep. Because Jesus laid down his life 
on the cross. We get to be completely forgiven. So when God looks at us, he sees a clean, unblemished, holy son or daughter of the living God that is loved and delighted in as he places us back onto the path of righteousness. And there's nothing that can separate us from his love. So we can't be taken out of the path of righteousness once he puts us back on it. Now, the second thing is this, this path of righteousness, when John 10, when Jesus talks about himself as the good shepherd, he sees it as an abundant life of joy. And that's what fuels us on this path throughout life as we attempt to follow God as best we can is the promise that following him on his path of righteousness throughout life is about our joy. It's not about ease or comfort, but it is about joy. And that's the reality of that God's path of righteousness, his path for us, while it's not always easy, and sometimes it requires a lot of faith and trust, it is a path of joy because he's the good shepherd that knows what we need. The third thing about the path of righteousness is this, is that as we follow him in righteousness, he's not just talking about outside obedience, trying to be a good person, trying to follow a bunch of rules, not saying bad things, not watching bad things. It's so much more than just this outside obedience of trying to have good behavior and be a good person. What the Bible teaches us is that the righteousness that God is after is actually an inside transformation, meaning that as we walk in a relationship with him over our lives, he will slowly but surely, through the power of the Holy Spirit, change our hearts from the inside out. So it's not just about, oh, be a good person. No, it's about our hearts changing to look and love more like Jesus, to love the things that he loves, to care about the things he cares about, to become a certain kind of person. That's completely different than just trying to be a good person. It's a complete change that what we delight in deep in our hearts changes. We begin to love God and love his people. That's the path of righteousness, not just an outside thing, but an inside change. So why does he do that? Why does he guide us in the path of righteousness? Well, he says it at the end, it says, for his namesake. And that is one of the most freeing things in the entire world that you can think about today. Why? Because most of us live for ourselves. We live for ourselves to prove ourselves, and we live with this pressure to perform and to show how great we are. A lot of us, if we're being honest, we live with this extreme pressure to perform because a lot of times we're tempted in our society to make our lives all about us. But when we realize that God guides us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, we can make God the center of our lives, not ourselves, and that frees us. Because we realize that we're not big enough and we don't have to be big enough. God is big enough and he promises to be big enough. So I no longer have to carry this pressure in this burden for my entire life. I get to allow God to be the center and he's big enough. So when you're weak today, because it's about his namesake, you get to see how strong he is. It's about his power, goodness, and strength, not your power, goodness, and strength. And that's the key to following his leadership on the path of righteousness as you live today. So my prayer is that we would delight in the fact that Jesus died on a cross to put us in the path of righteousness, that the path of righteousness is all about joy. And as we walk with him, he's going to change us from the inside out, all for his namesake. That's extremely good news. So my prayer is that we would walk on that path today as we follow Jesus. God, we thank you for Psalm 23, verse three, that you restore our soul and that you lead us in passive righteousness for your namesake. I pray that we would delight in Jesus today who puts us on the path of righteousness. 
We'll be thankful for the Holy Spirit who transforms us into righteousness and that we would be people that put you in the center and live in the freedom that you're strong enough even where we're weak. And we pray that in Christ's beautiful, powerful name. Amen.